Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week 11. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash and get this your chances of winning are 80 percent better than on the salary cap sites on all the dfs sites because you're always trying to figure out okay where should i start this guy the value and i don't have enough money to do all that stuff it doesn't happen on draft you get a selection of every premium player you just got to be the smartest one in the room it's a six player snake draft so you get in you get out tournaments start from one dollar to a thousand dollars to everything in between three person drafts six person drafts on and on the options are limitless and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit all you have to use is promo code bgnr that's right play a real money game for free just by using promo code bgnr and it gets even better draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering bgn radio listeners a money back guarantee up to a hundred no excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. Yeah! It is a week 12 edition of this week in fantasy as we head into a Thanksgiving slate of football. Three games today and then, of course, a full slate of the rest of the games Sunday and Monday. So, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And, and I personally am thankful for all of you wonderful people who take the time to actually listen to this podcast and interact and all that. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of you and, and just the community and all that stuff and um, just the opportunity to... To talk fantasy with you guys, so um, so thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, it really does mean a lot on this uh, this holiday here, where we we give thanks. I want to give thanks to you, and uh, and with that in mind, are you gonna do your doggone job? Less of me, yeah, is the best way to give thanks that I know. But uh, this week, Sigmund Bloom, of course, with uh, Thanksgiving had some issues with scheduling, so unable to do it this week. But we have a rare treat. That's pretty cute. This week, as we decided 
since, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving in America, but internationally, it's not Thanksgiving, so we decided to go back across the pond and bring in our good friend, Mr. Neil Dutton, to help break down the Week 12 slate. Nice. Be the... Sigmund Bloom, as it were, this week. We'll continue to grow his package. So that is coming up in just a second. And then, of course, uh, start sit column on bleedinggreennation.com up today as well. So that uh, that is fun as well if you need more of me, which... Seltzer's a moron. You don't. That's the whole point of being thankful and me not giving you more of me. So with that in mind... Fired up. Let's go. Let's head across the bond. And not as always, but... Uh, special guest this week is, is Sigmund Bloom with the Thanksgiving holiday, a lot going on, unable to make it this week. But luckily, luckily, we have a terrific guest to fill in as well. And um, Thanksgiving, not really an issue for him as he is over there across the pond from rotoviz.com and numberfire.com. You can find his work over there and, of course, on Twitter at ndutton13. My good friend, Mr. Neil Dutton. What up, brother? Oh, it's very, very good to be back speaking with you, James. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, I think any chance that my listeners can get to hear your dulcet tones with that terrific accent and the wit over, you know, this thing, I think that's a good thing. It's it, it, it's a sentiment not shared by many of my own countrymen <laughs> who, who, who feel probably they hear too much of my voice, but I, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it's a funny question too because, like, I think uh, I think the prevailing wisdom over here is most people are fans of the the British accent. Do do Brits talk about the American accent ever? Like, are they? You know, is it like, oh, I'm an American? You know, do kind of like, is it kind of the opposite way around? I would think. I think when people do try and do, they talk about the American accent over here, the one thing, the one place they do seem to hit is either they do a very bad Brooklyn accent. Or they do a very, very bad southern accent. Yes, I feel like the southern one I've heard a lot. Yeah, they don't seem to realize there are possibilities in between. (laughs) Yes, uh, I think that is actually very dead on. That is, uh, compares with my experience. Uh, Neil, uh, very, very excited to have you on, as, uh, as people can already tell. And if you heard Neil on last time, um, about a month into this season, you know he's, uh, a hilarious guy, so very excited to chat with Neil. And uh, Neil, uh, being in Sigmund's place this week, is uh, we're going to do the, the routine and we're going to pound through every game on the Week 12 slate. And every time I say that, I feel like I always say, oh, my God, I can't believe it's Week 9, Week 10, Week 11. But it's Week 12, Neil. It's Week 12. It's it's nearly all over, and we can start it it's all over crazy. again. It's crazy. It feels like exactly it's you know r- r- rinse and repeat and all that, but definitely feels like we just got started. But um, let's dive in and again, uh, rotoviz.com, numberfire.com. You can find all Neil's stuff. It's um really terrific work, and he puts a lot of time and and, uh, and effort, and of course, uh, really bright guy. So certainly worth your time. And uh, as you will hear, Neil has some insight on these games as well. Neil, let's start off with uh with the you know the the Thanksgiving action as it is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all those listening on thanksgiving and uh of course after as well i hope everyone has a happy and healthy uh thanksgiving weekend and all that stuff but uh neil uh, i know at least for me the, the thanksgiving means two things it means food 
and it means football. And uh, and this uh, this year we actually have a, at least a couple decent games here, uh, especially this first one starting off the early game at twelve thirty. An interesting NFC North clash here as both teams still in contention. Of course, the Vikings sitting there at eight and two heading into this matchup, uh, heading into Detroit to take on the Lions. How are you seeing this game stack up from a fantasy perspective? Well, if and if the past recent history between these two teams is to go by, it probably won't be particularly high scoring. Um, they've met seven times since Mike Zimmer has been the coach of the Vikings, and only and they, the two teams have not scored twenty points each in a single one of those games. Wow, that is fascinating. I mean, e- e- early this season, um, when the reverse fixture that finished fourteen-seven to the Lions, um, so it's not going to be high scoring. I think the two pretty good defensive teams. Um, so it's, it'd be nice if we could start Thanksgiving with a shootout, but I don't think we're going to get that. Um, so I think uh, one thing that is, um, I think we should pay attention to is that Detroit um, can be got at on the ground, probably more than the Vikings can. Um, the Lions have allowed multiple rushing touchdowns in three straight games, um, and the Vikings have at least one rushing touchdown in nine of their ten games. So that probably means that you know Latavius Murray probably has some value this week. He's annoyingly taking touches away from Jarek McKinnon, <laughs> and obviously you know if you want your floor plays, you've got your Adam Phelan, who's you know he's good for five five receptions and seventy yards. You've got Golden Tate, who's probably good for you know the same number of receptions, probably not too many yards. And then there's you know Murray McKinnon, and then there's Stefan Diggs. But other than them, I don't think there's an awful lot of upside to be gained from this fixture. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I think uh, a defensive battle. I think Adam Thielen has gotten to the point where he's just a must-start every week. It doesn't matter who is covering him. And I think Slay more likely to to end up on digs than, than Thielen a fair amount. But I think it could go both ways. Um, Thielen, though, you just have to start him every week. He's been... Just outstanding um, with you there. One of the highest floors in fantasy, really. Yeah, from out of nowhere, seemingly. I mean, last Minnesota year, State. Yeah, I mean, last year he, he he was getting you know he was getting snaps while Diggs was missing, but then Diggs came back and he was still producing. So it's a bit like, okay, this guy could be for real. And then you thought, well, maybe it's just the connection with Sam Bradford. Well, Bradford hasn't been there all season apart from Week One, and he's still lighting it up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been a it's been a great story, and uh, I think you absolutely start him. Diggs, I'm a little more nervous about. I think he could see Darius Slay a little bit more, regardless. And and obviously, Diggs has not been uh, not been nearly as prolific as Thielen over the last few weeks, both in terms of volume of targets and of course production. Um, and this uh, when they played last time, I believe the game where Dalvin Cook went down. So uh, he was having a great game before that all happened. I think there is value uh, in Murray or McKinnon. Uh, I think you know. Who knows which one it'll be? It seems to go back and forth. But, of course, Murray coming off the big week last time. And I agree with you in Detroit. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm playing none of the running backs, and, and I'm not playing Marvin Jones since he is very likely to, to get the shadow coverage from Xavier Rhodes. Um, and Golden Tate in the slot, I think, is your, your clear only play for this Detroit team, really the only guy I feel good about rolling out there. All right, let's move on to the uh, – this is going to be fun to say, Neil. The reeling Dallas Cowboys as their season is in free fall, and it is just the most beautiful thing in the world. We can all give thanks for that, I'm sure. The Cowboys hosting a uh, 
somewhat plucky Chargers team on the other side, coming off a 30-point blowout of, uh, of Nathan Peterman and the Bills, uh, whatever that's worth. But um, the Chargers, have, and then, you know, of course, the week before, they Chargers it out in, in Jacksonville with one of the worst losses you could ever find. So, um, you know, who knows? But uh, interesting game here is uh, the line, actually. Started out with a, a Dallas, I believe, a two- or three-point favorite and swung all the way to the Chargers being the favorite now. So uh, from a fantasy perspective, though, Neil, looks like a, at least a decent spot for a few guys with a kind of a, a dicey defense, at least on one side of the ball. Well, I think the, the main person who will be feasting this Thanksgiving will probably be Melvin Gordon, um, especially without Sean Lee. The, the, the Cowboys' run defense is just a completely different beast without Lee. Um, I've got the figures here, thanks to Rick Rebar, whose stats I always steal. Um Opposing running backs have rushed 105 times for 568 yards and four touchdowns in the four games that Sean Lee has missed. When he plays, it's 101 carries for 386 yards and only two touchdowns. The difference is absolutely you know, incredible. The Eagles showed with their committee approach last week that you can run on them. You know, Just keep pounding and eventually they'll break. Keenan Allen is probably going to be you know, in play as well because he had a massive, massive game. Um, last week. It's probably the Keenan Allen we've been waiting for all season, you know, the target monster. Uh, now that they've realised that any wide receiver called Williams on their roster probably isn't worth the candle. Um, <laughs> and Phil Rivers, you know, is, you know, he's been, you know, he's, um, he's been quietly efficient. See, the, he, even the dog agrees. It's Yeah, my dogs love to uh, chime in. They're, they're pretty pretty popular when it comes to this whole thing there oh absolutely uh very very well known very well known in a in, in a very ignominious way um <laughs> i mean um in this as well though the cowboy skill players i mean if they're not going to be able to run the ball as well as you'd think you'd think they would because you know freddie morris bless him you know is he's a good you know he's a loyal soldier but he's not ezekiel elliott um and yeah yeah that's that's for sure mm. Um, and, you know, probably a better citizen than Eagle Elliott, but we'll go on with from there. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, you know, the, the Chargers are not the greatest run def- uh, defense, but they are very, very good pass defense, especially with Bosa and Ingram. And it's hard to trust any of the weapons in the passing game because Des Bryant, if he doesn't score a touchdown, doesn't tend to do anything. I mean, he had, you know, was it six, seven catches against the Eagles for 60 yards? Great. That's it's not paying any bills in fancy football. And Cole Beasley is on the back of milk cartons at the moment, so it's mm-hmm. it's hard to get excited about any of their players in this one. Yeah, I agree. I'm out on Dez, especially with Casey Hayward on the other side of the ball there. Terrific cornerback for the Chargers. Austin Eckler, another name I'll throw in there, especially in DFS as a cheap upside play, uh, has been getting the work, scored touchdowns in, uh, I believe, the last two weeks. And, um, uh, a nice change of pace guy. Melvin Gordon, I think, is an absolute start this week. He's a little nicked up, so make sure he's you know good to go. But I think either way, Eckler gets involved. And, of course, Keenan Allen, another great play as well against this reeling Dallas secondary. All right, uh, moving on, the final game on the Thanksgiving Day slate, an NFC's clash that doesn't really have a lot of fun playoff implications but from a fantasy perspective the Giants heading in to take on Washington um you know Chris Thompson lost in the last game it's a big hit for Washington how uh how do you see Washington and the Giants battling it out from a fantasy perspective well it's a bit odd that you know this year we get the turkey last um, when it comes to the- <laughs> Um, the, the most obvious play, I mean, Jordan Reed isn't going to play, so Vernon Davis is is practically a must, a must start. To be fair, he has been all season when Jordan Reed hasn't been there. Um, yep. The 
you know, the Giants, as we know, I don't know if it's been mentioned, had conceded at least one receiving touchdown to a tight end until Travis Kelsey couldn't score against them. I you know, know unbelievable, right? Yeah, just it, it, this game sometimes. Um, so obviously you're going to have Vernon Davis. Kirk Cousins is, you know, I, I thought he played really well from a fancy point of view, you know, and in real life against the Saints, considering, you know, he lost Chris Thompson. They didn't have uh, Rob Kelly, no Jordan Reed, no Terrell Pryor, like anyone cares. Um, and he got, you know, he got, he got the the stuffing battered out of him by the Saints. So you want to get Ooh, him good in. Good work there. Yeah, I, I, I was quite pleased with that one. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Jameson Crowder, again, he's becoming a more regular target for Kirk Cousins. Um, but on the other side, you, you trust Evan Ingram because, you know, the, the Redskins are awful against tight ends. They don't really use Ingram like a tight end. And as I say, most of their wide receivers in, uh, for the Giants, for one reason or other, don't play. Um, and also, Orleans Darkwood isn't a terrible shout because he does get the volume. Um, he's caught multiple passes in four in his last four games, so he's not you know he's not going to wow anyone, but he's got a fairly decent floor. I agree with literally everything you said. I'll add two names that I think could have value: Samaj P. Ryan on the Washington side with uh, with Rob Kelly out, obviously, uh, and Chris Thompson now injured. I think P. Ryan, if for no other reason, in line just to get a ton of work against a bad Giants run defense. I think an interesting play there on. Uh, on Thursday, uh, a Thanksgiving Day game here. And then uh, on the other side, Sterling Shepard, I think, obviously missed last week with this illness. You know, he was a, looked like a great play against the bad Chiefs uh, past events. And then all of a sudden on Saturday, he's sick and he has migraines or whatever, doesn't play. If Shepard's back out there, it uh, does work out of the slot a lot, so we won't have to see Norman shadow coverage. I think there's some upside there as well. All right, Neil. Let's move ahead to Sunday, a Sunday slate of games that is not particularly inspiring, but all we care about is the fantasy here. Anyway, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Tyrod Taylor back in charge. I don't think you have much of a choice there. Uh, Nathan Peterman, one of the all-time awful performances last week. Taylor heading in to Arrowhead to take on a Chiefs team that um, – Look like dog shit last week, to be very frank about it, Neil. Um, how does this game play out? Two teams coming off ugly losses. Well, on paper, it looks like a get-right game for most of the Chiefs. I mean, Kareem Hunt, since his hot start, has you know he's tapered off a bit, partly because he's doesn't he's not he's decided to stop scoring touchdowns. Um, but I mean, we I mean we know this as well as anyone. You know, being Eagles fans, Andy Reid does occasionally like to forget that he has running backs. <laughs> and, just, and then all of a sudden, it's like they have to tap him on the shoulder and say, um, Big Red, I- I'm still here. Um, so you'd think that maybe having seen how his former defensive coordinator, of course, Sean McDermott, having seen how that team has broken down in the last few weeks, Kareem Hunt could be in line for you know plenty of work. Alex Smith, you'd expect, is going to play better again because I just cannot believe how badly, how badly disintegrated this Bills defense has been because they were shutting down everyone. And then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, obviously the reason why, you know, they're being run on is it was all Tyrod Taylor's fault. That's that's why he was benched. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you like Kareem Hunt, you like Alex Smith, you love um, Travis Kelsey because um, uh, I think the Bills have allowed where are the the they're twenty fifth in receptions allowed to tight ends, and um, so they can be got through the middle. On the Bills side, it's hard to get excited about anyone. Anyway. Tyrod Taylor showed in half a game. Granted, it was a lost game, you know, by the time he came in. Um, 
that you know he can still move the offense to an extent. He was a little bit more daring, but you can be daring when you're nearly 50 points down, I suppose, when the opposition <laughs> have, have thrown five to- uh, interceptions. I mean, it, it's it's weird because we've seen LeSean McCoy go from workhorse to almost Kareem Hunt levels of use. Obviously, Sean McDermott picked that one up from uh, from Coach Reed. <laughs> um, but it's it's hard to get excited about anyone in the passing game. You know, Charles Clay, I suppose, but he hasn't looked the same since he came back. You know, it, it does look to me set up to be a Kareem Hunt type of day. Yeah, I I really hope it is, Andy destroyed my soul last week with that performance um but uh, i'm with you here i do agree with you i think if there was any one player and you know i think shady's the the you're playing shady if you own him obviously but um i think outside of shady i think tyrod taylor a, a sneaky interesting play this week if you're desperate at quarterback um i, I you know the kansas city has been pretty bad against quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points allowed i think they're top six top seven um, and also, obviously, the, the high floor with those legs. So I, I don't hate it, but I'm with you. I think uh, I think there's a Chiefs get-right game you would you would hope, right? Uh, all right, moving on. as well, though, uh, James, that probably the man with the strongest arm in this game, based on what we saw last week, it's not Smith, it's not Taylor, it's Travis Kelsey, because that's... Yeah, that's a great point. But, uh, you know, obviously into the wrong hands but into the, that was the problem it was one of those things where it's like you knew he wanted to throw it and he was like i'm chucking this one even if it's not there and and he did have a cannon but he couldn't get it there um it's a good point though i actually think the strongest arm in this game is probably patrick mahomes but mm. um that's a story for another day right um all right uh let's move on neil uh, uh, another Ugly uh, AFC. You could pretty much any AFC uh, South clash is going to be ugly, but this one especially so as a Titans team. Long week coming off a a drubbing at the hands of the Steelers, heading into face Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Uh, uh, ugly one here, but um, anyone from a fantasy perspective that you think can kind of shine? Well, you'd hope that this could be again, you know, a good spot for Marcus Mariota. He hasn't been anywhere near the player that everyone expected this year. But the Colts do allow the thirty-first um, or thirty-first in passing yardage allowed this season, so that's good. Um, Mariota did throw for three hundred yards against them earlier this season. Um, the Titans have got a rushing touchdown in eight different games this season, which is second in the league. Um, so we've no, we see that the Colts camp again aren't exactly solid against the run, but it's a question of do you start Demarco Murray, who's been very, you know, it's it's hard to pick which have been the Murray games this season. Do you pick yeah. Derek Henry? But again, Henry only tends to get the work when they're you know they're sitting on a lead, and um, so it's hard to trust them. Delaney Walker, you know, is is you know is doing fabulous work without actually getting in the end zone, which would be nice. Um, mm. But this looks like you know probably the last good game you could probably expect out of T.Y. Hilton because the, the Tennessee t- uh, cornerbacks are not great um, and you know you know, Jack Doyle it, gets right? <laughs> yeah, yeah Jack I Doyle. like Jack Doyle too it's a bad, It's not a great matchup the uh, the Titans have been pretty good against tight ends but I'm with you I think you kind of have to start Doyle based on the, the volume I would say yeah it's it's not something to get excited about and you know as I say his name's Jack Doyle he sounds like a 1930s Chicago mobster Uh, you know ultimately if if your league rewards points for that you've got to get him in i love it i love it luckily my league only uh uh, sadly i should say only rewards points for 1920s gangsters so i'm in trouble there neil yeah um i'm with you i agree with everything you said here jacoby Brissett, i think an interesting kind of again in the tyrod taylor mode uh, better than taylor uh sneaky play at quarterback if you're desperate but 
Um, not much to get too excited about in this one. I do think Delaney Walker, uh, you know, a, a ton of upside, especially if he can get in the end zone there. All right, moving on. Uh, to, man, one ugly game to the next. They are pretty much all ugly this week as uh, we head to Cincinnati as the Cleveland Browns come to town. I mean, obviously you're starting A.J. Green outside of that. I mean, I, anything? Um, well, if you're going to start Green, there's a good chance, you know, that if you're struggling at quarterback or if you're streaming. Andy yeah, Dalton, it's a good call. It's a good call. I mean, Joe Goodbury does, did do some great work a few years ago about how Andy Dalton performs against common opponents. But it does seem to be that the Browns are the one exception to this rule. Um, his last, um, let's see, in his last five games against the Browns, he's thrown 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. So obviously, wow. you know, if, you, if you're on a stream... You can't really run on the Browns. They still have been quite solid um, on the ground, but they can be got through the air. So you want uh, Dalton, you want AJ Green, and also the Browns are up there. You know, up there with the Giants and the Broncos in that they're very generous to tight ends. So Tyler Croft comes into play. He's not. He doesn't get a lot of volume. I mean, I think he's had was it 16 yards in his last two games, but he did have six for 68 and two touchdowns the last time these two teams played. If you fancy a dart throw, again, probably be a negative game script. Corey Coleman did see an awful lot of targets last week, his first game back, but the Bengals have been quite uh, solid against wide receivers. So uh, Dalton, Green, Croft, and then step away from this game, I think. Yeah, I agree. Croft, an interesting play and a nice uh, red zone target. It appears Dalton seems to look for him there, but I'm with you. I think uh, A.J. Green, really the only guy in this game I'd feel good about using, but um, uh, just a tough one, man. Mm. A tough one. Really ugly slate. Hey, let's look at another ugly game. As the Tampa Bay Bucks head into Atlanta, you would think at least from this one, a little more fantasy goodness potentially. It looks like I believe Devontae Freeman probably out again. I don't know if that's been... Um, if he has been ruled out yet, but I would guess he will be out again. How do you look at this game? Kind of, um, you know, another another tough one here, Neil. It's not a tough one, but um, we have seen um, Matt Ryan has not obviously been the same Matt Ryan as his MVP season last year, but he has been efficient. I think it's 28 consecutive games he's thrown at least one touchdown, and Monday night was the first time in I believe 64 games he didn't pass for 200 yards. So he's wow. he's fairly steady. Um, but, you know, he's not blowing teams away. Um, I think they had, before Monday night, they had 13 passing touchdowns, where this stage last season they had 24. So, obviously, the, yeah. the big plays have vanished for this team, which has hurt Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I think both can be trusted here, though. Um, the Tampa Bay are allowing nearly 320 passing yards per game. Um, Matt Ryan has 10 touchdowns and one interception in his last four against the Buccaneers. And Julio Jones has 68 uh, catches for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns in 10 games against the Bucs. So you can fire them both up. The Bucs have been absolutely horrendous trying to run the ball, because I do have to emphasise trying. Um, I think they're on a you know franchise record streak of not hitting 100 team rushing yards in games. So that rules out Doug Martin. Charles Sims maybe as a passing catch, you know, as a pass catching option. But you're really limited to, you know, Mike Evans and not so much Cameron Brait because he doesn't seem to have the connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite both of them going to Harvard. I don't know if anyone had ever mentioned that Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. <laughs> um, he did seem to have a better connection with OJ Howard last week, but that fits in with Fitzpatrick's skill set, i.e., are you a big-bodied receiver? I'll just toss this up and hope for the best. 
Um, but yeah. it's it's not a pretty one. Um, I say Fitzpatrick is a streamer because they'll probably be coming from behind. But Jones and Ryan are the only ones you could say with a degree of certainty you'd like to think they'd get over this game and Julio might like to get back into the end zone. Yeah, I agree. It's been way too long since Julio got in the end zone and has not had any sort of consistency this season. And Ryan has just been a big disappointment. But I agree against this Tampa D. I think you got to play him. Moving on, uh, let's go to New England. Another ugly game here. They're all ugly except for one. Uh, the Patriots, a 16.5 point favorite over the Dolphins. Is this just the Patriots running up the score, Neil? Uh, I think so. Um, in my Scott Fishbowl uh, league last uh, team last week, my four quarterbacks on my roster were Patrick Mahomes, no help there, Carson Palmer, Josh McCowan on a bye, and Tyrod Taylor. Wow. So, like, so and obviously Tyrod would have got me points, but I thought, well, if they've benched him, he's not going to come back into the game. Sure, of course. what I know. So I had yeah. to pick up, I picked up Brian Hoyer in the hopes that they would get so far ahead of the Raiders that Hoyer would come in for mop-up. That was literally oh, wow. that was all I could hope for. Um, but, you know, this you'd expect, you know, Tom Brady is obviously a must-start, you know, you know, in the, in the power of obvious things. Yeah, I think you're starting the entire Patriots offense yeah. for the most part. You know, you're starting Cooks, you're starting Gronk, you're starting Danny Amendola in deeper leagues if you have him in a PPR probably. But other than that, I think what, – what about the running back situation? I think is Deion Lewis probably the guy you're, you're looking to start the most? I think you could probably start Lewis and Burkhead. Um, because I think even though Burkhead did fumble last week, which is usually a big no-no for Bill Belichick, he has shown, you know, in his limited time with the Patriots that he does have the trust of the offensive coaches. So I think, you know, Deion Lewis should not be as good between the tackles as he is. He's about the size as my daughter, which, you know, <laughs> and ultimately, um, you know, she throws a, a vicious headbutt, so I'd back her, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Burkhead, you know, as well, he's got a three-down skill set. Um, James White seems to have been phased out somewhat. We know that Gillersley probably won't play. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you could probably get away with starting both of them, but obviously they cap each other's upside. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on the Miami side, not a ton to get excited about. It looks like Matt Moore, I will, I would think, will be the quarterback. Kenny Stills coming off a big game. I think Jarvis Landry, you're obviously starting. Are you starting any other, uh, either Parker coming off a bad game or Stills off a good game? No, I think the the you know the lamented Patriots defense at the start of the season has gone away. They've got their stuff yeah, together. No, they're so. not nearly as bad. I agree with you. They've figured it out. Yeah. I mean, you, you could hope maybe you know if you, you know you were of that persuasion that maybe Kenny Stills could get free and you know bust off a long one. Um, he does seem to have a good link up with Matt Moore. Um, Matt Moore has four touchdown passes in the league this season, and they've all gone to Kenny Stills. So you've got that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. If if you're you know relying at this stage of the fantasy season, if you're yeah. betting on Moore and Stills against the Patriots, not good. Yeah, you've probably shot your bolt this year. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, let's move on to the uh, the game that we care the most about, but not necessarily a good one. Uh, hopefully, uh, we want it to play out that way at least. As the Bears heading into. Philadelphia to take on the birds. Um, I, I think uh, we can both agree you're starting all of your Eagles. You know, I think Alshon revenge game or whatever you want to call it uh, type of thing is, is certainly in play. I think uh, when's a clear start um, outside of that, what, what are you kind of looking at this game? Jordan Howard, an interesting kind of situation is he's someone who gets a ton of volume, but going up against a really tough Eagles day. Well, this is it. You know, volume usually would drive the fantasy opportunity, but most running backs 
to when they come against a team like the Eagles who can stop the run, you think, oh, well, at least he'll make it up in the passing game. No, he won't. Jordan Howard yeah. is, is not a factor in the passing game at all. But then it's a question of, you know, well, how much work is Tariq Cohen going to see? We've seen John Fox come out with the incredibly inspirational, oh, no, di- defences dictate what we do on offence. No, <laughs> no, John, that's not how it works. Um, so it's, it's hard to trust. One person who I actually do like for the Bears, and this is you know a big, big dart throw, is Adam Shaheen. Um, mm-hmm. He started playing a few, a lot more snaps since Zach Miller got injured. He's six foot seven. He runs like a wide receiver. Um, that quote, uh, courtesy from Teron Davenport, he said it on Twitter. And you know, six foot seven. I don't think the Eagles have got anyone who could cover that size. But it does revolve around the fact that the Bears probably have to get into the red zone to use them, and you'd be hard pressed to think they would. Um, yeah, I, I, I especially I think I think it's an interesting call because Trubitsky, I think, does feel comfortable throwing to the tight end. But man, I think he's going to be under pressure too now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we are we are, are duty bound whenever describing um, Adam Shaheed to say he went he came from tiny Ashland. Um, I know that's not their official school name, but it does seem that it's the adjective I've heard every time <laughs> I hear where uh, where Shaheen went to school. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, on the bird side, uh, you know, you agree you're just pretty much starting all the birds. What are you doing at running back? I think we're, you know, it's obviously you're starting Ertz or you're starting Alshon, you're starting Carson. Um, are you starting Jay Ajayi this week? I think if you're going to start Ajayi, you're probably best off putting him in as your flex option. Um, I, cause I just don't think he's getting the workload of, a, you know, an RB1 um, because he's still not I playing. Agree. He's still not playing a full complement of snaps. Um, I mean, obviously he has shown, you know, two games he's got, two really big runs and you know he should have had a touchdown you know in both of them but he got caught from behind by Byron Jones Cody Clement has been ridiculously efficient with his touches especially when it comes to scoring touchdowns but, yeah, six on 57 touches it's yeah, like come it's, on man it, it's it's I mean you know, that's that's Will Fuller style it's you know, a, I mean? I, oh, yeah exactly I mean it's, that's like you know it's, it's one every uh you know like uh less than one every 10 to, or you know one every like eight touches or whatever it is I mean that's insane every one every seven touches whatever it is that's crazy that's it. it's hard to hang your hat on that type of production so oh yeah blunt and you know a GIE but I, you know, don't be expecting. I mean, maybe you know, if the Eagles get into you know a really positive game script, you know that they could say, okay, we'll leave this to you know Lagarus, let him play out the uh, the last quarter almost. But you know, it's it's a tough one. It really is tough with those two. It's a nice problem to have. Uh, I thought yeah, I had I this agree. problem than you know, the, you know, bless him, the days where you know Shady was getting the ball all the time and the Eagles weren't winning. So I'll take it. Yeah, I think we'll all take it. I'm with you. You know, I don't. I don't care that, that when it comes to the Eagles, uh, the fantasy thing. I, I, you know, I push it to the side. No worry about the Eagles, but um, uh, not for this podcast, Neil. No. Let's uh, let's move on here as we'll talk some uh, uh, a shocker. Another uh, potential. This uh, here's here's where you know how bad this week of NFL games is, Neil. Um, the Carolina Panthers at the Jets. One of the better games on the slate, Neil. Mm. Well, you know, this it's. It seems to be one of those weeks that it's a show us what you really are week for the NFL. It's like, you know, the there's a lot of good teams playing bad teams, so to speak. I mean, I would say we've got yes. the, So it's a case of, you know, there shouldn't be any upsets this week, but obviously the NFL doesn't work like that. Um, this is one of those games, you know, Cam Newton, ever since he decided, the, the Panthers decided, do you know, if we let him run, we might win. You know, then they've been a totally different offense. He's rushed for at least 44 yards in five straight games. And interestingly, the Jets, um, despite having, you know, quite a fearsome front uh, front seven, 
they have allowed the third most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. Ooh, um, so that's you know, a good, they, that's a good stat right there. Yeah. Um, so you know, they that it just shows it's good for him. Devin Funches has been an absolute target monster since they decided Kelvin Benjamin was expendable. Which you know, looking at how he's done in Buffalo, they were probably right. Yeah. Um, for the Jets, Josh McCowan, you know. He, he worryingly, you know, for his age and physical stature, does give you some rushing upside as well. But it's hard to think, you know, their best weapons this season have been Forte, Bilal Powell. I don't fancy them against the Carolina run defense. Robbie Anderson has scored in four straight games, but he is seriously a boom or bust player. Um, you know, I think what was again, thank you to Lord Reeves. Thirty-eight point seven percent of his receptions have gone for 20 or more yards this season. That's the highest rate of anyone with at least 20 catches. So he's a big play, but he's not a volume play. Yeah, it's a good call. I love Robbie. Obviously a Temple University product, but um, I'm with you. I think uh, a very boomer bust play. If he doesn't get one of those big plays, he is uh, likely not to be a positive for you. All right, moving on. Let's uh, let's move on to the 4 o'clock and beyond games as a – as Seattle coming off a, a tough loss to Atlanta, heading in to take on the Niners, another ugly one here again, another I guess semi-good team playing a bad team. Mm. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks offense—it's fun to watch Russell Wilson, but you know when you come actually break it down, it's like my God, give him some help. You know, there's it's, nothing it's, else. It's no. he is he is every. It's unbelievable. Like he's got no blocking. He's got no running back. Like it, it is unreal. He's he's led the team in rushing in three of his last four games. It's, yeah, I mean that that can't happen. No, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you know, again, you know, going back, you know, putting the Eagles' uh, green coloured glasses on, going back to the past, we did have times, you know, the early two thousands where McNabb would have games where he would dominate through the air and on the ground as well, but not sure. to this extent. The Eagles at least had a decent offensive line back then, right? And also, it was more it was more of an effective tool that could be used, not. I don't have a choice but to do this because my lineman can't block for me. Yeah, it's it's, it's he's put, he's putting up wonderful fancy numbers, but it's not sustainable. I don't think because he's not built like Cam Newton. You know, he's not six foot five and built like a lineman. He's a he's a little guy, uh, but. Obviously, you're going to trust him here. The 49ers have bled fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, so Jimmy Graham, um, as well, he's decided. You know, he's going back to 2011. Jimmy Graham, you know, where he's mm-hmm. just catching touchdown after touchdown. And the 49ers have been very generous to tight ends. And on the other side, I mean, they've announced that CJ Beathard will be starting this week. So you know, take from that what you will. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously is still sit on the bench, looking ridiculously handsome while he does it. <laughs> um, Carlos Hyde um, has become something of a you know a three-down back, especially with Bethard. Um, he's his favourite p- passing target, and in his last two games against Seattle, um, Hyde does have 105 and 147 yards from scrimmage. So again, he's not going to run all over the Seahawks, but he could certainly chip in with some decent points for you. Yeah, I like that call. This is not your uh, not your father's Seattle defense, as it were, AK. You know the defense from a couple of years ago. They're playing like um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been ugly, and obviously the injuries there. So um, I'm with you. I think the high call is a great one there. All right, moving on. As uh, oh my goodness, Neil, we've reached it. The one good football game this weekend. There is only one, but it is a heck of a good game, and a game that certainly influences the Eagles a lot, and also a lot of fantasy potential in this one. The New Orleans Saints heading in to take on those Los Angeles Rams. What do you do with this one, Neil? Uh, the, the Sean Bowl, 
Xavi <laughs> Payton. Um, obviously, you're starting both Ingram and Kamara. They've you know been absolutely phenomenal as a duo. Um, I think since Adrian Peterson was traded away, um, Ingram is the highest scoring fantasy running back. Kamara is the second. So you know they're, wow. they're being used perfectly by Sean Payton uh, and Pete Carmichael and Drew Brees. You know he's using them well. Um, Alvin Kamara is the first Saints running back to score a touchdown in four straight games since Darren Sproles 2012. Oh, so obviously you're that. starting them. You're probably starting Breeze, um, even though the Rams have been weakest against running backs this season. But you know there is a good chance if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play and Robert Woods is fit, and they've got Sammy Watkins. You know for that he's you know we've we've talked about boom or bust players already. He's the ultimate of that type this season. Maybe they can get forced into a bit of a shootout. We saw in the last quarter last week that Drew Breeze is still ridiculously efficient with the, when it comes to passion. Michael Thomas. You know, it's so annoying because he's having a really good season, but from a fantasy point of view, it's not that good because he's not finding the end zone. Yeah, um, it's it's so frustrating. It's like, what did he get? Eight for ninety. Great, no touchdowns though. Okay, yep. it's um, been a okay. killer. Yeah, maybe next week, Michael. Um, so you're going to yeah. start start him. Goff, I don't know. Uh, I think he showed last week that he, while he has a great season and so much better than last year, he has shown that he's probably a match-up start. You know, if you've got other options, you should seriously look at them. But you're going to start Todd Gurley. He's been phenomenal. This is, I think, this is the player uh, that everyone expected when he came into the league, as Sigmund would call him, you know, the Hurley Gurley man. Um, so this yeah, is what, buddy. you know, this is what we've expected. He's been fantastic. And, you know, you know, looking ahead, next year's first round of drafts, he's going to have a lot of running backs, so it's going to test... Anyone who wants to go zero RB. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And Gurley at the top of that list, like a, a top three pick, I would say, heading into just off the top of my head, heading into next season, like uh, maybe top four, depending on Zeke and, and David Johnson, how that kind of plays out. But Gurley's right there with those guys. So um, certainly a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Interesting game. The only game um, that outside of fantasy is really worth watching this weekend, other than our Eagles. Moving on uh, back to the ugly slate as we head to Arizona, the Jags heading into town. Um, gross, first of all. Uh, second of all, uh, you know, uh, do you see anything exciting from this game? Obviously, I think you're starting Fournette uh, very clearly, and Adrian Peterson potentially against a, a subpar Jags run defense, but you're certainly not throwing on the Jags, especially if you're Blaine Gabbert. No, the or Blaine, Stanton. Yeah, the the Blaine Gabbert revenge game as well. You know, we've <laughs> got, you know, we've got old Sean Jeffrey going back. You know, against the Bears, we've got Blaine against the uh, Jaguars. Um, oh yeah, it's a, a no, marquee matchup. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm salivating at the prospect. Obviously, Fournette, you know, is going to get his. He's going to get a high amount of volume. Uh, the Jaguars have got the lowest pass to run ratio in the NFL. Um, so, they, but they've shown exactly what they want to do. Maybe you know, Mercedes Lewis, you know, is a very, very, very deep dart throw. Um, the Cardinals haven't been terrific against tight ends, but they've not exactly been overrun by them. Adrian Peterson, as you say, but if this game starts to go south, we've seen that he doesn't. He's not a factor in the passing game. Um, although they did let Andre Ellington go this week, so this one, let's say, is Fournette, <laughs> the Jaguars' defense, and then we'll move on somewhere else. I agree. Plus, we got to hear you say Jaguars, which was terrific. As uh, as us English, uh, us Americans do not say it nearly. No, as well. No, it's just it just is what it is. Moving on, Neil. Uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is a game. The Denver Broncos heading to take on Oakland. That you know, 
even as much as like a month into the season look like it could be a really fun game. Alas, it is not, Neil. It is a very ugly game, but there are some relevant fantasy plays here. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Kind of a, a tough read here, this Broncos defense. Are they good? Are they not? The Raiders offense, are they good? Are they not? I'm inclined to say no to both, Neil. Yeah, um, the Broncos are allowing the touchdown pass every 14 pass attempts, um, you know, which is you know ridiculously high, especially for it's them. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, They've been, you know, they've been susceptible to tight ends for quite a few years now. It obviously goes back to, you know, um, Coach Phillips and, you know, running 3-4, cover 3 defences that can be uh, stretched with a tight end. Um, So Jared Cook's a good play. It's hard to get excited about the Broncos passing game with Paxton Lynch coming in because obviously it's a small sample size, but what we have seen of him in the NFL is not great. And it could happen. The streak could end. With Paxton Lynch at quarterback, the Raiders could get their first interception of the season, but you know it's it's not one to again it's not one to oh, sit man. there biting your nails to see. It's- How unbelievable! That is such an unbelievable stat, and and I will say with Paxton Lynch, like they're going to get one, like it will happen. But that is an unbelievable stat. Oh, absolutely! It's it's. I mean, interceptions, as we know, are somewhat fluky. They're a bit like. But that's but, the point, right? Yeah. You would think that through eleven or ten games, like something fluky would have happened. Yeah, it's to to, to show the ability to go against random variance shows a special level of talent. I yes, think. yes, even, that's a even, perfect way to put it. Even accidentally intercepting one in ten games, <laughs> like it just yeah, exactly. You'd have figured like a guy would have fallen down, the ball would have fallen on top of him one point or another. It's absolutely baffling, but this. Is you know this is probably as you said on on paper at the start of the season oh AFC West two two good young teams and now it really is a game that I don't imagine Scott Hampton will be throwing to this one too often. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm very uh, not bullish on either of these teams for this one. Denver, yeah, yeah, Devontae Booker not exciting. CJ, you don't really know who the running back gonna be, and uh, you know it's just an ugly matchup. Oakland did not look good last week, so I'm with you. I'm. Uh, not excited about this one. And and luckily, or unluckily, there are two more games, both night games, Neil, and it's hard to get excited about either as the Sunday nighter. This one, you know, if, if a certain injury had not happened, this would have been the marquee matchup of the week, one of the matchups we were looking forward to all season. Sadly, seeing Brett Hundley and the Packers head into Pittsburgh to take on Big Ben and the Steelers, a lot less exciting than Aaron Rodgers. Neil. Yeah, um, obviously this this was a Super Bowl uh, not so long ago, but you know maybe thinking Correct. Sunday night football could be you know a could be a dress rehearsal. No, um, it, it's a dress rehearsal. <laughs> Unfortunately, the the, uh, the stand-ins are in for the most part. Um, oh my goodness! It's, Brett, it's, Brett, they won't even let Brett Hundley be a stand-in. They won't even let him near the building. They're like, no, dude. No, he he is um, hashtag not good at football. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know you're gonna you're gonna play you know. Um, Antonio Brown, the, the guy's a magician. Uh, you're going to play Le'Veon Bell. He's going to get the volume. Outside of them two, again, the Steelers are, you know, you could get a big play from Juju Smith-Schuster, but you could not. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, you threw three touchdowns against the Titans defense. Congratulations. You know, that's like the, the NFL equivalent of a participation medal, I think. <laughs> um, on the Packers side, you know, the running backs are uninspiring if Aaron Jones isn't there. Jordy Nelson's disappeared. Um, but Devonte Adams does seem to have some kind of connection with Brett Huntley. Um, you know, he's you know he he's a wide receiver. He does seem to go to. So um, 
Huntley, you know, Adams is not going to, you know, he's not going to be the wide receiver one this week, but he at least offers some kind of floor, whereas everyone else uh, on the Packers, no, no, no. Yeah, I agree. I do think Ben at home, uh, a more interesting play, obviously, than Ben on the road and against a terrible Packers defense. Um, I, I think there is some potential upside there, but I'm with you. Uh, you're obviously starting your other go-to Steelers, and then outside of that, an ugly, ugly game. Devontae Adams has been good, but um, not a, bu- a lot to get excited about there. Heading into the Monday Nighter, and you know that saying, save the best for last. This is the exact opposite of this, Neil, as uh, the Houston Texans, the Tom Savage-led Houston Texans heading in to take on a quarterback, Joe Flacco and the Ravens, who might be worse than Tom Savage. I mean, that's just that, – that, that takes some doing. Um, but even it behind, does. And again, we go back to you know maybe accidentally intercepting a pass. Maybe occasionally Joe Flacco could accidentally look good, and he hasn't. <laughs> it's, I mean, <clears throat> it says something that in the was it get, you know a, a, um, a half and a little bit that Ryan Mallett played against Miami. Mallett looked better than Joe Flacco. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I feel sick to my stomach for saying that, but. He's probably not a terrible option in this week on paper because the Texans have allowed three or more touchdown passes in five games this season, which is the most in the league. Unfortunately, Joe Flacco hasn't thrown three touchdown passes in his last 14 games. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're obviously you're going to, you know, you're not, it's very hard to trust any of their pass catches. Mike Wallace did have a good touchdown, you know, Great touchdown catch against the Packers, but he's you know he can disappear from games. Jeremy Macklin hasn't got the usage a lot of people expected. Um, we know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to get peppered with targets by Tom Savage because that's all he does. And interesting stat that the Ravens have already had three shutouts this season. Three of the last four teams to get three shutouts in a season won the Super Bowl. Um, that's the 2003 Patriots, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, and the 1991 Washington Redskins. So, you know, it's it's not a guarantee. I mean, if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl this year, it will blow the 2012 Ravens <laughs> miracle run out the water. But this is, I mean, I, I, this is prime time. Really is not. No, yeah, it's, it's trash is what it is. But, um, uh, yeah. But you know what, Neil? You made it better and a lot more fun than it probably will be to watch. Follow him on Twitter at and Dutton 13 and of course rotaviz.com numberfire.com Neil uh, anything else you want to uh, say to the people uh, uh, Thanksgiving by the way D- this is not a thing in Britain obviously what what do the Brits think about us celebrating Thanksgiving um we we just seem to you know look over the you know look over to the the uh, the the west as it were and shake our heads and say you know silly colonials um, <laughs> you know it's it's not a big deal for us we're you know just you know although we have started to embrace um a tradition close to thanksgiving um and that is black friday um which you know ah. makes, sh- makes shopping a joy uh, but you know, as a you know, when it comes to the turkey and you know the stuffing, it's not a big deal for us. We have stuffing every week, you know, on Sunday Sunday dinner, so we're fine. See, with that. that's you genius. That I don't get why stuffing is this thing we do once a year. It makes no sense. Stuffing is awesome, Neil. Mm, this is this is you know a a point that you know our friend Dave Damashek has made constantly. Yes, he, he, it's he very true. He doesn't know why it can't be enjoyed every day. And he's right. It's he a, as usual, Damashek is, is dead on with this. Um, I'm with you, Neil. You, you Brits know how to do it, right? Uh, and Neil, uh, again, uh, follow him on Twitter at ndutton13. It's certainly worth 
uh, the following, of course, rotoviz.com, numberfire.com. Uh, Neil, thank you so much, man. This has been a, it's been a blast. Oh, the pleasure has been on all this side of the phone, James. Awesome stuff from Neil. He is the, the best, and, man, I could listen to that guy talk all day, every day. Blade against the uh, Jaguars. So uh, I will leave it at that. Again, uh, far enough of me if I'm really going to give you a Thanksgiving present. It will be less of me and, uh, and more time to not listen to me. What a time to be alive! Which I think is uh, the best way to go about things. But, again, unbelievably grateful to anyone who listens and, uh, and interacts and all that stuff. I can't tell you how grateful and thankful I am here on Thanksgiving. So... Thank you to all of you again. If you do, for some reason, want more of me. That's just intolerable. Start Sitcom is up on BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, should be up soon, if not already. Who cares? And then uh, Saturday, excuse me, oh, well, Friday. We got a special show on Friday. I forgot about that. Friday night, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. BGN Radio. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gatton, and myself on Sports Radio WIP. And then Saturday, our normal 1 to 3 spot on WIP. And then Sunday morning, back at it, me, Jack Fritz, and John Barchard talking fantasy, Eagles, and all that good stuff, and gambling as well. So hit us up there as well. And if you need any help, lineups, all that stuff, at James Seltzer on Twitter. So for Neil Dutton, thank you, sir, for filling in. And, of course, for Sigmund Bloom, a happy Thanksgiving to him and a happy week off. Sigmund will be back next week again. If you need me, hit me up on Twitter, at James Seltzer. Otherwise, BleedingGreenNation.com. Start sitcom. So, again, I, I, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank you so much. Good luck this week. Let's go out. Let's win some games. I want winners. And, uh, and head into the, the fantasy playoffs coming up soon, which we will dive into as well. So, uh, again, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to the Week 12 edition of This Week in Fantasy. Came in through the bathroom window.